The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. there. Welcome to this episode of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This is your first time listening to the show. I'm so grateful that you're checking it out. Don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, and leave a rating or review wherever you're listening right now on your favorite podcast app. Um, wherever you are in the world, thanks so much for being here. For those longtime listeners, we're going to try something new today, something that we haven't yet done. Real, I mean, maybe we've played with it in the past, but we're going to try something new today. I may fail miserably, and I'm okay with that. I love testing stuff out. And what we're going to do is, you know, I was thinking about this recently, where we have this deep well of content, so much content. I think we're pushing 600 episodes at this point. And so much of it intentionally was recorded and approached in a way that it could be evergreen. What I mean by evergreen is that the content, the subject matter would stand the test of time, that it would meet the demands of current market conditions and perhaps look forward to the future to to future market conditions. And so what I thought we could do today is reach back down into that well and pull forward an episode and from the past and have, I guess, now future me give a little bit of extra commentary and thoughts. And maybe we can poke and prod and examine the subject matter from a 2023 mindset. I did have this weird kind of sub thought to this, which was how weird would it be if then in, you know, five, six, eight, 10 years, I was reaching back to this episode, like how many episode pullbacks will it require in order for this to become an inception-like dealer playbook? Anyways, today I'm going to pull forward a conversation that I had. I'm thinking it's like, let's just actually look at this. How many years ago? Um, Six years ago, a conversation with my pal Grant Cardone sitting in his hotel room at the Wynn. I want to say this was around an NADA and he was you know, making an appearance and he had some other meetings and things going on. I want to pull forward this conversation. The original episode is Grant Cardone talks about money and how to get a mentor, but we weaved in and out of topics that I think are relevant today. This is going to be extremely uncomfortable for me. I want to give you some backstory to this as well. My in-laws live in Las Vegas. NADA was in Las Vegas. He was in Las Vegas. He had been on my show before. I reached out to him again, and he was gracious enough to give me some time. And we were originally supposed to be in a conference room somewhere in the Wynn Resort. And at the last minute, Jared, his the president of Cardone Sales Training, reached out and said, hey, Grant's running a little behind. I'm going to come down. I'll meet you. Jared and I have breakfast together at one of the restaurants, enjoyed great conversation with him. And then Grant says, hey, I'm, I'm getting done at the spa. Why don't we just do it up in the hotel room? So they invite me up into their hotel room. It was just me, Jared, Grant and Elena. And they were so gracious. The night prior, the night prior to this, I'm sitting at my in-laws. We're watching a, you know, a game on TV. 
I'm in a recliner. I'm a little bit nervous about this interview. Get to hang out with Uncle G in person. And it dawns on me. I am not prepared. What are you doing, Cirillo? You're about to go hang out with Grant for the third time. And you're just going to what? Do this with audio? Like this is an opportunity to get video. And I kind of start to panic. And without talking to my wife first, I rush out to a Best Buy and I drain our bank account to buy uh, the camera that this, what you will see this episode was recorded on a little Sony camcorder. The audio in this episode wasn't the greatest, but I was doing the best that I could at the time. Hopefully, if you've been with us for a long time, you see some improvement. <laughs> Anyways, let's hop in. I want to I want to dive into this. So I'm going to share screen and we're going to we're going to listen and I'm going to react and I'm going to provide some commentary because what I think is really interesting about this interview is that Grant brings up topics and we talk about subject matter that I think is actually still relevant today and perhaps has done a full cycle around to hyper relevancy. So let's dig in right now. All right, let's do this. You know, I think since the last episode, even on Facebook this morning, I said, if you had 15 minutes along with... Dude, I'm so nervous at this point. Like, I'm stumbling over my words. It's embarrassing. I don't know if I can do this. Can we carry on? And seconds into it. Uncle G. Uh Uh-huh. What would you ask him? Well, probably want to know about the Uncle G thing. How did the Uncle G thing stick so easy? You know, I've been marketing and promoting for years and, and, and... I mentioned this. I mean, it's a true story. It's about me being a kid and I'm 10 or 11 years old, maybe 12 years old. And that whole area after my dad died, I was like, man, I wish my uncle would call me. I had, I never told anybody. Right. It was this private little thought, you know? And then, and then I told my mom one day, I said, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to help people. And it was really, I, I was, I wanted to give people what I didn't have. And I said that a couple of times on the stream or something. And all of a sudden it sticked. I mean, everywhere, everywhere I go now, people, Hey, Uncle G, what's up, man? So I do, you know, that thing we did for 30 minutes and I get into it. I do want to give to people and I like giving to people and, and it's always helped me. I mean, okay. So right out of the gates, I'm asking him, how'd this Uncle G thing even start? He goes, I don't know. I, I don't even know how I wanted to start, but. The piece that I want to draw on here that I think is really important is the fact that to set the tone for the interview, he makes it clear that regardless of how the nickname started, everything he's doing is deeply rooted in his desire to give. I know there's going to be people that want to combat against that and say, well, oh, no, it's easy to say when you're a billionaire. I think, you know, it's important to know dude's not a billionaire yet at time of recording this. He just has a desire to give. You know, and we've talked about it on previous episodes of the podcast, which is that that old Zig Ziglar help as many other people succeed and you will succeed. The rising tide lifts all boats. Grant Cardone knows this. Why? Because it's what I believe, what I will deem in this episode as an eternal truth. And what I mean by an eternal truth is that it is something that is universally true. Give and get. Give and get. Give first with the desire to just give. Don't focus on the get. He's talking about here what stands out to me and has stuck with me ever since we did this interview originally is I just want to give. I was writing down some thoughts about this. And as I was coming up with my thoughts and feelings and impressions, listening to this interview over again, I wrote a question down for myself, which is why do I want to give? Why do I care? What is it about giving that 
is so appealing to me. Well, how does this apply to automotive retail and the climate that we're facing? You know, the intro to the show says something like, you know, the the market's changing and modern dealers are keeping up with the demand. Well, this episode took place six years ago. There were people sharing the importance of being a servant in giving and providing service six years before that and six years before that and a hundred years before that and a thousand years and two and five thousand years before that. And that's why I say it's an eternal truth, this service mindset, this giving. The market has changed from the time that we recorded this episode. But what's so interesting for those that are really paying attention and considering, well, what could we do in this changing market to stay ahead of the curve? It's that. Focus on giving. Recently, I was at Beaver Toyota, Patrick Abad, Beaver Toyota. Look it up if you're not familiar. This is the Disneyland of car dealerships. You walk in, first of all, beautiful facility. They have different waiting rooms that have different themes of of things. You know, they've got one that looks like an old hunting lodge and another one that's a little more modern. They've got a kid zone that's built like a little mini amphitheater. They have game tables out and chess boards and there's a grand piano. There's a restaurant. They've got a salon. It's Disneyland for a car dealership, but they're knocking out more deals in a day than most dealers will knock out in a month. Seriously. But you know, the most impressive thing was listening to Patrick Abad, their general manager, and the tone at which he approaches his team. The tone was accountability, but it was also so much care and love. He understands the value of giving, of serving. When I walked through the doors, nobody knew who I was there. I was just another guy walking through the doors. The the tone at which I was greeted, the smiles, the genuine heartfelt, hello, sir, thanks so much for coming in today. Like this just, there was so much about it. What Grant's talking about here and we'll hop back in is this desire to give is a differentiator in any market. The desire to give is a differentiator in any market. I want to skip us ahead to like eight minutes and 11 seconds and move on. What are we talking about here? So I go to the spa. Yeah. They said, hey, it's 40 bucks to go work out here. So the point is, while they're willing to give exceptional service, while they're willing to, dude, Steve Wynn knows, hey, man, there comes a time. By the way. This is what I call my Franklin the Turtle era, just for those that are watching this on YouTube or on the website. You'll you'll know why. I'm wearing this vest. I'm bald. No beard yet. A little bit, little bit heavier than I am now. Um, and I look like a turtle. Anyways, okay. He's at the spa. When I got to take. Yeah. It can't just be give one way. Hold on. Let, let me go back real quick. He's talking about he's at the spa. Yeah, exceptional service while they're willing to, dude, Steve Wynn knows, hey man, there comes a time when I got to take. Yeah. It can't just be give one way. How do you know when that time is? Good question. Right? Because I, I know a lot of people are like, wait, I need to see what's set up, written on these stone tablets and I need to see like line item 12 that says now you can take. After yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would just is it t- intuition? Is it gut? Would, is it, you know. Let them talk. I mean, I would tell a customer straight up, look, I'm going to give you the best service that you pay. I'm here. I'm here to make a living. I'm here. I got two kids. I, yeah. mean, I put them on my phone. Here's Sabrina. Here's Scarlett. Here's my beautiful wife. I'm taking care of them. And the way I'm going to take care of them is by taking care of you. Everybody knows what's going on. We're doing a free. We're doing a free thing on CNBC. 
happiness than I had, right? So there comes a time where you have to take. He's talking about Steve Wynn, the owner of the Wynn Resort. He goes to the spa. They're there to provide the most exceptional service. But at some point, like they're making it clear they're gonna they're gonna be asking for money. Um, I think that's really interesting because in order to know how to do that, what I've learned in the time since this interview is that there we're not nonprofits and that nobody expects anything for free. What they don't expect is the higher level of service that you're willing to give. All right, let's let's dig in, which I think is so applicable to today's market, especially where we are going to have to do more with less. It's an ad which is bombing a radio right now for our university. And I said, look, hey, I want to give you this thing. We're going to give you 11 months free or or a year free, whatever whatever it is. I'm going to give you a trial, whatever the offer. Everybody knows listening. Okay, well, when when will you get money from me? You know, the whole planet knows there's no free. And so I would just say to you, look, go to work with the intention of making money, not working. Don't go to work to work. I used to argue with Tom Stuker about this all the time. I said, I don't want to go to work to work. Dude, I want to go to work to prosper. I want to make some bank. Yeah. Dude's about to drop the F-bomb. He's so passionate about this. We all know this part. but This is the part that usually comes first, not last. We're all here to make money. Nobody is a nonprofit, right? We might have causes and community outreach and things that we care about. But at the end of the day, we got to move some metal. We need to sell more service. We need to make sure the bays are full, that the technicians are fed and happy and busy. And he's not shying away from this. And I think this is really important to address. But I want to reference back to the first couple of minutes of the interview. He did not start by design. He did not start with here to make some money. He started with, I have an insatiable appetite to give before I take. But at some point, just know I'm here to take care of my family. And the way I'm going to take care of my family is by taking care of you the best that I possibly can. I'm going to make money today. I want to make money. I want to come home with a paycheck. And my, my, uh, my, my spouse and my kids should be on the same page with me. My kids already talk about money at four years old. They think money's important. Yeah. You know, and the last time I checked, it was. It- They're 13 and 11 now, I think, 13 and 10. But these are some of the sharpest young ladies I think I've ever seen and heard from. I mean, these girls now are talking on stage in front of five, 10, you know, 20,000 people at his conferences. And the level at which they are able to articulate their thoughts is like Uncle G and Miss Elena are doing something right. Maybe it's the million dollar a year tutor. I don't know. I don't know if they have that. I shouldn't say that. But but they're doing something right. Really interesting to see how important it is to him that his daughters are educated in the things of the world and in the things that the school system won't teach them. And I wonder, you know, for leaders in automotive retail, how many times do we feel like we're bringing people into the business who who haven't received those lessons, who have only received the lessons from academia. A buddy of mine, DPB alum guest, Scott Simons, is a great example of how leader can help further or advance the education of his team. He's constantly hosting workshops for his people. They do lunch and learns. They do fitness challenges. They do money challenges and finance challenges or finances, they say in the South. He's constantly encouraging his team to grow and he's going at it with them. This is not him above. 
this is him running that race beside him. And I think that's so tremendous. It's funny because I think you're the only person I know that's talking about this topic from that. Angle. Yeah, totally. Right? No, nobody talks about it. Nobody breaches, hey, yeah. get money. Your parents didn't tell you, don't be broke. Right. Yeah. They didn't say, don't just get by. My mom used to tell me, hey, be grateful for where you are. Right. And there, there's all kind of iterations of that. I love you just the way you are. You know, I had these big dreams. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do this and this. Oh yeah, that's good, Grant. But just remember, we love you the way you are. My sister still does that today. Something happens. <laughs> I got this big deal. I'm like, oh, my sister I got this big deal. That's great, Grant. But just remember, I, I love you no matter what. And I'm like, what, what is that, man? Why'd you have to piss on me right there at the end? Right? Because I want those things, yeah. you know, and nobody's saying, nobody on TV is saying, maybe Trump. Trump's the only one that says, I like doing deals. I like making money. Okay. I've been, I've been greedy for my. Dude, calling forward Trump for well before his presidency. Entire career. But people can't have that concept because they've been programmed so heavily that greed is bad. You yeah. know, and, and what I would like to reprogram people, if I ever make a contribution worthy my my length of time on this planet, it would be, hey, that guy taught me to take care of myself financially. That it's not bad for me to take care of myself because if I can't take care of me, how can I actually help anybody else? Okay, let's bring this around. So Uncle G starts with service and serving others. I really hope we're paying attention here and looking at that concept of serving others through the context of our circumstances. So often we only look at it through the business lens. Oh, well, if I serve others, then I'll make more money here. What about the genuine good nature that you have to just help regardless? We've heard past guests on the show say, I don't really even care if you buy from me or not. I want to be your go-to resource when it comes to all things automotive. That's deeply rooted in the desire they have to help others. So this is where Grant starts in this episode. He starts with the desire to give before getting. He transitions into, yes, there will come a time where I'm going to ask to take, which is perfectly okay. The reframe of it is okay. Near the end here, he speaks specifically about the difference between greed and the desire to take care of ourselves, looping it back around to what? If I can't help me and get me stable, how will I ever be able to help others? My friends, as we wind down this episode, I hope this was a fun little twist to not just throw a rerun at you, but to make it current and provide some new updated commentary through the lens of the 2023 world. The market is changing, but modern dealers are keeping up with the demand and they are seeking to grow. They are seeking to think of new ways to innovate. They are shifting the lens by which they look at the market and their customers. And the ones that really rise above are the ones who know how to give before they get. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.